0: Hello, and welcome to the franchise life. I am your host, Stacey Shannon. Today, we have a very exciting, unique brand called Petal Pub. And with me, I have Todd Tremel, who is the president of Petal Pub. Welcome, Todd.
1: Stacey, thank you for having me today.
0: My pleasure. Okay, so I've done 50-plus podcasts today, and I will say that this is unlike any other franchise concept that I've ever featured on my podcast, and unlike any concept I've ever presented to a client as a potential investment. So Pub. This is a concept that has over 60 locations, including one corporate location in Minneapolis. So my very first question to you, Pedal Pub, and I'll just a high-level overview. I mean, Pedal Pub is an experience. It is a, it's a bike where guests come and they are peddling, and they can drink cocktails it bring their own mixes whatever their favorite drink is so why would somebody want to consider pedal pub as an investment for either their full-time job or diversification
1: that's a great question so um you're you're right about everything you said about pedal pub, and um having spent a lifetime in franchising with over 20 brands, I can tell you this is probably one of the funnest franchises um, that I've been associated with. And I say that because of the consumer experience first. Um, As you said, people get an opportunity to be a part of this mobile entertainment, first and foremost. And what that really means is, as you said, experience. We're in the experience economy. So it has been it has been seen and, and proven over a number of years now. Millennials, by the way, really drive a lot of the business that we have. And, and they prefer experiences over goods and global travelers prefer experiences over material possessions. And so we fit this category where people want to gather. It's about social interaction. It is about spending time with family and friends. And at the end of the day, we're selling memories. And so when you take all that and you can say to someone, you can own a business um, in your community and work in your community uh, that's fun, that's exciting, and it's a growth opportunity from an industry standpoint, uh, that, that gets you started in the right direction. The brand itself has been around for 17 years. A lot of people don't know that. We're the biggest brand in the world at what we do in terms of what we call the party bike industry. So we have fine-tuned um, our business model over a long period of time. We do you know, 50,000 tours a year. And so for a candidate coming in, thinking about owning a franchise like this, they're getting into a really proven brand, proven operating system. Um, what I like about it, Stacy, for the entrepreneur that comes in is, number one, it's a, it's an affordable franchise. It's a simple business model. We don't have inventory. We don't have long, expensive leases. Um, It's not a heavy labor model. So you can work with uh, people that drive our bikes are called pilots, and so most of them are part-time. And so all these factors add up to um, an owner that can be a part of the business um, and really do well for themselves and own a really nice territory in the community they live in.
0: So what does a day in the life look like? (laughs) I mean, this is definitely, you know, a type of concept where it's going to be probably, you know, afternoons, evenings, um, a lot of weekends, I would imagine. So what does a day in the life look like for a franchise owner?
1: Yeah, the franchise owner can take a couple different roles in our business. Um, we have many owner operators. So they work in the business, they work on the business, they don't have a career, they don't have other businesses, perhaps. And so they're in the business every day. And then there's also a model that says you can hire a general manager, but we still want our owners actively involved in the business. So the day in the life of it is you're right, from the consumer side of things, um, this is a business that does tours. So, these are two-hour tours that take place. Um, Usually, we're we're generally an um, urban-based business, meaning that we're doing tours in the city somewhere. Uh, And these two-hour tours, um, you have an opportunity to do stops along the way. Why that's important is you can pedal, you can enjoy, you can have fun, you get off and you get to go into uh, a bar, restaurant, brew pub, and, and ultimately, those become what we call bar partners. So one of the big roles that a franchise owner has is creating relationships in the community with bar partnerships. Um, But as you said, the core of the business happens primarily between, I would say, Thursday and Sunday, um, afternoon to evenings, super busy. But we have many, many locations that are operating seven days a week in this business. And so the owner is obviously running the business, managing staff. Um, driving the marketing side of the business, um, community relationships are important, um, and, and really just getting out into the community. Corporate tours and corporate events are a big part of our business as well, so they're always fostering those relationships. Um, but as you know, in a small business, the owner does a little bit of everything, and uh, that's the fun part of it. And so they get a chance to really be a part of this community that they're in.
0: So, I, okay, I'm going to, I love Nashville, absolutely love Nashville. I have not experienced a party bike, but I have seen plenty of them down on Music Row and in that area. So, you know, an air, a destination spot similar to Nashville, or I could see Austin, Texas, and so forth. I mean, those are really hot spots for something like this because they're large. I mean, I think Nashville's the bachelorette destination, bachelorette yes. party destination. So you can see where there'd be a ton of draw. So what about, you know, other parts of the United States that perhaps aren't as destination oriented? Uh, what is the success of a party by concept in, let's say, Des Moines, Iowa? Mm-hmm.
1: Great question. So obviously, uh, if we're in these tourist markets, we certainly have a leg up because we're not only attracting the locals, but we're attracting people that are traveling in. And oftentimes when you're traveling into Nashville or Austin, Texas or Miami, which is where we're at, um, soon to be Chicago. Yeah, I mean, people generally will try to plan their time and their vacations and do something in a pedal pub is a great way to do it because they get a chance to not only enjoy some time on maybe a mixer type of tour they go on to get a chance to see the city. We also have a lot of markets that we're in, Stacy, where they're not necessarily considered tourist markets. I think about Charlotte, uh, which we uh, have a fantastic ownership group in, in that market and growing like crazy. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You mentioned Des Moines, Quad Cities, Minneapolis. Um, The list goes on and on. Um, We're in Jacksonville, Florida. So um, we're going to be opening in Myrtle Beach, which is going to be a tourist market. But we're also opening in other smaller markets as well. Those markets do very, very well. Um, uh, In in a lot of cases, there's very little little competition, first of all. Um, We're new to the market. And we're going to leverage more of the local um, residents that live there to uh, get them to enjoy our experience. And we're also doing a lot in the community to drive corporate relationships as well. So we're not in just tourist markets. We're really all over the U.S. and Canada for that matter.
0: Okay. So one of, I mean, the value of a franchise is certainly the support that you get from a corporate level. With a concept like this, one of, I would say for me, when I was digging into this initially, my initial was concern was regulatory issues. Like, okay, I'm in West Palm Beach, Florida. I can see where Palm Beach Island and downtown West Palm, this could be a really exciting type of addition because we do get a lot of tours down here and we definitely have a high season. But how does an owner that invests overcome any regulatory issues or concerns and what type of support do you from a corporate level provide? And assistance uh, with that,
1: yeah, it's it, it's a great question. It's a question that comes up as one of the one of the first questions from candidates that are looking at the business um, because it's it's obviously something that if you you can't solve that problem, you're going to have trouble getting into business in the first place. Absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> the first thing that we do, and there's a whole process involved here, Stacey, but the first thing we do is we, ident- we identify markets that we call green light markets. Markets where there's already existing ordinance and permitting allowing our type of activity on the road. And there are numerous cities like that. Uh, And so we have that first. So if if candidates are coming into a market that's already a green light market, um, then it's pretty smooth sailing, getting into the city and getting operational. Let's say that uh, that's not the case. Um, We spend a lot of time with our franchisees Um, making sure that we can cover all the bases on, again, ordinances, city regulation, um, permitting, you know, getting uh, road ready and so forth. And what I like to say is having done this for 17 years in the industry, we've really written the playbook on how to get this done. Um, You know, we're not new at it. And so we understand how to navigate city and government relationships, we understand probably the most important thing to a lot of these cities and city officials is just educating them on what we do many of them don't know what the activity is and so although the answer sometimes may be no we don't we don't want your your business here the minute you begin to educate them a little bit all of a sudden they get excited about it and they realize that we're good for the city we're good for tourism and hospitality and so We go side-by-side with our franchisees. Um, The the city wants to know who's running the business. They're mostly interested in the owner-operator that's local. But we come side-by-side. We do presentations. I mean, we'll speak with city council people, mayors, directors of development and economic development. Um, We're involved all the way to the point where the city approves us and there's permitting. Um, and that process does not uh, does not end until we get there, and we have a really high rate of success doing that.
0: I love that. I mean, I'm a seasoned business owner. I've owned several small businesses, but that what you just described would be very intimidating to me. Just not having had to navigate you know, city councils and government authorities and so forth. So that's fantastic to hear. Um, okay, this is a pedal pub and <laughs> with pubs, pedal pubs come alcohol. So what does this concept look like? Are, is the franchise owner providing the alcohol or is this a bring your own type of concept? And along with that, what is the liability associated with it?
1: So, with the exception of a couple locations, so let's say 60 operating locations, with the exception of a couple locations that actually the owners have what we call a liquor license, virtually every single one of them is a BYOB. So, it's a bring your own. Uh, what happens is um, people bring their own beverages. We then consolidate into coolers for them, and the... The alcohol comes on board, uh, and so it's it's all cooled up, ice the whole thing. This is uh, no glass, uh, no hard alcohol. So really, Stacy, we're talking about beer, seltzers, you know, anything that's under about seven or eight percent alcohol content. And um, ultimately, the customer serves themselves. So what we don't have in our business. Is the liability of serving alcohol and having liquor license, so they're able to serve themselves, bring their own. You know, certainly we have we have um, guidelines as to how much they bring, and um, it works absolutely fantastic. Like I said, we've got a couple locations that have a liquor license, which operates a little bit differently, and we have just a couple locations that operate in what we call non-alcoholic situations, where it's just beverages and no alcohol, but. We certainly satisfy that side of it with what we call pub crawls where again, as I mentioned earlier, there's two or three stops along the way on all of our tours where they can enjoy beverages or whatever it may be in one of our bar partnerships along the route. So that's a big part of getting past the liability issues of alcohol and also allows the customer to really bring what they enjoy drinking.
0: Absolutely. No, I like that. I mean, It keeps the business model simple. It takes off a lot of responsibility from the franchise owner standpoint. So all good stuff. Okay. What does the competition look like?
1: Well, um, all of them are operating under the Pub brand. Yep. Um, You know, so very early in our business, we did have some licensees and still do to this day where they may operate under a, a different brand. Um, but they're still operating with the same bikes. They're still operating with the same, uh, I'll call operational systems. Um, But since 2018, we started franchising. Everybody's under the pedal Pub banner.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the investment level because you mentioned early on that this is a low-er type of investment. The total investment is 117450 to 270400 And that includes two bikes, correct? Correct. That includes two bikes, insurance costs, storage, marketing, and other expenses, and three months of working capital. So your biggest expense in there is going to be, of course, your main asset, which is the bike itself where do these bikes come from and when you think of something going wrong with these bikes um how do they get serviced
1: yeah so um and and just to uh, make one last point that you had made about the investment level sometimes we we may open a market with one bike but it would be a very strategic small market for us um and oftentimes that strategic small market is being paired with a business owner that's already in let's say hospitality so we have situations right now where we've got new franchisees coming on board that own bars and restaurants they own brew pubs and breweries and so they're pairing pedal pub with their existing business which is obviously very complementary so sometimes there's one bike involved but most of the time you're right we're opening with two bikes the bikes themselves have been uh produced now for over 26 years in the netherlands in amsterdam it's a wonderful story of two brothers that basically created the first pedal pub bike um for something called the queens day parade in amsterdam and even back you know this long ago um, the excitement of of this went viral globally and uh, two guys in minneapolis Uh, Ended up bringing the first party bike over to the United States from the Netherlands and started the industry. So we're very proud of the fact that we actually started the industry. And uh, hence, we've kind of become the brand name of the industry as well. But, um, you know, as it relates to the bike, we still import them from the Netherlands. We bring them into the U.S. Um, We have a business and a partnership in Nashville, Tennessee called Excel Cycle Systems which we have a team there that we think are the best in the industry at what they do with uh, the party bike itself. So we inventory bikes there. We upgrade bikes there. We do all service, support, parts, maintenance through our Excel cycle system. So um, we can teach people how to maintain bikes. These bikes, Stacy, are super easy to maintain. It's a fairly low cost maintenance. Um, and um, most franchisees can actually do the maintenance themselves. But we still have a group of people uh, in our division called Excel Cycle Systems, which can provide parts and all the service needed.
0: So all of that is local here, local being in the United States. Yeah, um, correct. What is, what is the longevity of a bike like this? I'm sure it, you know, usage and miles all way into, but, but, you know, given this is one of, the largest asset in your investment. What what have you seen as far as longevity?
1: Yeah, we love the ROI on our bikes. Uh, these bikes are built like a tank. They're 2,400 pounds with an e-assist motor on them. Uh, we have bikes right now that are over 10, 12 years old on the road. Um, again, when maintained properly, the longevity is incredible. And so uh, it's not uncommon for us to have bikes 10 plus years on the road um, and going strong yet. So um, franchise owners can expect to get uh, a lot of life and a lot of miles out of these bikes.
0: Okay. So you mentioned something uh, previously about uh, breweries and so forth, using this as a potential add-on investment and so forth, because as we know, breweries have a lot of Different events, Um, you know, I mean, they have bands. It's very fun atmospheres. So do you have, currently in your system, do you have um, franchisees that come from that background and own a bar or a restaurant or a brewery?
1: We do. Uh, We have a franchisee in Augusta, Georgia, that has a, a bar restaurant. That, is, uh, that they own, that is part of the, the, the startup or the launch point for their business. Uh, we have awarded a location actually in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, that'll be opening this next spring. They own a bar restaurant. Uh, we just awarded two locations in California, uh, in the Visalia and San Luis Obispo area, and our franchise owner owns breweries. And we're seeing this trend become very, very strong. So there's a couple of things we really like about it. The obvious one is that they're, uh, they already have a business that complements Pedal Pump. They already have existing customer base, but they also have business experience. And so they come in and they understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur. They understand the grind, how to work hard, how to make payroll. And uh, we're finding more and more of these type of candidates coming to us saying, we love the concept. How do we, how do, we do this? How do we get in? And so we're just, we're, we're thrilled about it.
0: I absolutely love that. I hadn't thought about that angle as, you know, kind of an add on revenue stream or a way to diversify in that segment. So is this something, have you ever had anybody um, interested in maybe like the winery regions, like going from winery to winery and so forth?
1: Well, it's, it's, uh, it, it absolutely does happen. In fact, um, we have six locations in Canada right now, and one of them happens to be uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake. And in that beautiful area, um, their tours really are all about a wine tour. And so uh, I think we're gonna see more examples of that in the future, but you know, it, it, it brings up the idea that we've continued to create more and more specialty tours if we added them all up today, Stacy, and we looked at how many different types of tours that we do, you mentioned bachelorette parties, um, family reunions, um, it could be just birthday parties, wine tours, um, brunch tours, pub crawls, historical tours. Uh, we're in Halloween season right now, so we're doing haunted house tours and haunted tours. Oh my and. It allows this franchisee and, and these wonderful people that have bought into this business to connect in their community and have all kinds of diversity in the type of tours they can run, be it seasonal or not. They can do holiday light tours. And so wine tours are just one thing that we do.
0: Oh, my gosh. I absolutely love that. As we talk, I continue to get more and more excited about this brand. Um, All right. So on the last note one thing I would like to touch on is territory. Given this is not your traditional franchise like a home services that you know you have let's say um so many households that make up a protected territory. How do you how do you carve out territory for your franchise owners?
1: We are a unique franchise in that in as you said, you know, I've been involved in, in numerous brands that um, oftentimes have very specific geographical boundaries. Three mile radiuses, six mile radiuses, um, development plans for how many locations you can put in a city. This is a little unique. Um, Pedal Pub is one of those brands. It's a very urban brand. Um, oftentimes, you're going to find us in downtown areas, metro areas, areas where there's culture, theater, sporting events. Um, you know, uh, brew pubs, bars, restaurants. So it generally we're going to fit in a downtown area. What that means is we're probably not operating in the suburbs. So, uh, what we like to do is frankly, we provide fairly generous territory, meaning that I'm looking at when I develop a territory, I'm looking at MSAs. I'm looking at an MSA of a market to make sure that my franchisees can be ultra successful with a large market area they can market to to bring people to them. And so unlike, um, you know, again, brands that have to sort of carve up cities, we're we're less likely to do that. Now we do have markets like Dallas where we're gonna have multiple locations, um, a Miami where there could be multiple locations and Chicago, again, bigger markets. But when you get into, um, you mentioned Nashville, that's one territory, Charlotte, one territory. Um, you know, we just opened in Richmond, Virginia, one territory, and that, that trend will continue on because that's how we see our business operating. That's the way this model works. It's very much a territory driven model.
0: And the beautiful thing is with a concept like this, I mean, you can scale and grow your business as the demand warrants. I mean, so a given area could have, end up having, you know, half a dozen, through pubs that are pedal pubs that are operating under one
1: operator. Yeah. Ultimately the way you scale the business is through adding more bikes. Right. Um, and and adding more bikes means more tours. It means you have more demand. And as you said earlier, we'll start most market, most markets with two bikes. But um, as we see growth <clears throat> and the, the track record for this brand from a revenue growth standpoint is that it continues to grow. And it really begins to see a lot of return from a revenue standpoint, year three, four, five. And uh, we mentioned Nashville, they have 13 bikes in their fleet. Oh. You mentioned Austin, Texas earlier as a tourist market. They have nine bikes in their fleet. Uh, Minneapolis has eight bikes in their fleet. And so it, it can grow. Um, and as it grows, obviously, it scales at the same time with the number of bikes you have.
0: Well Todd, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing the Pedal Pub concept. Um, just on a last last note, what are some of your hot, hot markets that you're really targeting today?
1: Okay, yeah. Well, you know, oftentimes in franchising we target sometimes the same markets because of the populations. But I would say right now, Florida and Texas as general markets, our markets we're looking at uh, and marketing into all the time. Um, Arizona, certainly a market area that we're looking at. Um, we've done really well in the Carolinas. We'll continue to market the Carolinas, um, Georgia, and anywhere in the South. are markets that we've been targeting, uh, big benefit there is 12 months, great weather. You can operate a little less seasonally. And so um, those are really targeted markets for us. You know we're starting to really expand out west in California. Uh, we're excited about that as well. Well,
0: I love that you're registered in California because that's a yeah. challenge in and of itself. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Todd. For anybody that is interested in learning more about the Pedal Pub concept, please feel free to reach out to me at Stacy at FusionFranchising dot com. Thanks, and have a great day. Thank you.